Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Marriage Podcast, a podcast aimed at strengthening the most important asset of all families, the marriage. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, an author, university professor, licensed professional counselor, a life coach and researcher, and speaker on topics such as gender abuse, sexual ethics, trauma, and sexuality issues today. I will be your host. In this podcast, we will focus on strengthening marriages, encouraging families, and tools for practical living, such as how to have hard conversations with my kids about hard subject matters. I will demonstrate many of these with my own children via these podcasts. We are sponsored by the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle, a community of families, parents, and leaders that want to strengthen the family, and it all starts with marriages. Join in on the conversation in our free Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash the healthy marriage. Now let's get into this week's episode. All right, we're getting close to the end of um, I Can't Say That, and this is Dr. Gilbert. And if you are interested in ordering this, you can actually go to ICan'tSayThat.com. This is a book for parents to help them have those hard conversations about a biblical sexual ethic with their children. And this section today we're going to read and, and listen to is I Have a Plan. Um, this is going to sum up some stuff that we've talked about and hopefully help you um, live from a plan. So here we go from I Can't Say That. So I Have a Plan. You're getting closer to more engaging and quality micro-conversations that will yield results. Remember that this is about the long game and the results might not be seen right away. You are planting seeds. You are beginning dialogue when they are younger so that when they are older and asking harder questions, they have a good understanding of where you stand. A few months ago, my 12-year-old son asked me, So when can I begin dating? My response to him was, remember when we went through Passport to Purity? You signed over that decision to me, and I told you that the best time is your junior or senior year of college. Do you remember why? He did remember. Can I be responsible for her heart? Can I drive? Can I afford dinner and a movie? Can I afford a ring? Am I ready to have a baby within a few years of beginning dating? He already knew my answer, though. We have been discussing this for years, and he even attends many of my college classes and teaching at churches on the subject. He needed some affirmation. Why? He hears a very different message around him, and he also has internal drives and desires he is leaning uh, or learning to steward. I continued saying to him, this is the time to have amazing relationships without getting hung up on titles. Get to know a lot of different young ladies. Learn what you like and do not like. Have fun with friends. Grow. Mature. Have fun. Live by boundaries. Then, when you're able to walk into a relationship, make it great and have little to no baggage to carry into marriage. He got it. Why? We have had this discussion multiple times. We go back to it. We expand on it. He has new questions about it. This is a beautiful exchange. Remember who is responsible, though, for these decisions and to steward his dating, sexual, and relational self. He is. Your child is. Not you. Now, an important part of the plan is my theology of sex. Is sex intercourse okay between two consenting adults? A better question is whether this is wise. Another question is whether this is something that will separate us from God. I want you to be able to articulate answers to questions like these. You are preparing yourself to lead your child through difficult questions in a challenging world that lives by a different ethic. Telling them no or it's bad is not helpful. 
Sometimes it is even abusive. Sex and sexuality are beautiful parts of all of us, single and married alike. Let's raise sons and daughters that see it this way and make wise decisions with their bodies with what they look at and how they live in community with others. Write out scripture and other ideas and resources that inform your ethos on sex. Further questions can be found in the workbook that complements this book. Do you have questions? Write them down. Think through them. Wrestle with them. Be confident when you come to a conclusion because you know you have done the work of prayerfully studying scripture and understand the bigger picture of God's design. Be careful that your own experience is not the only thing forming your beliefs. Listen to what others say, but be careful who you listen to. Some are truly seeking to understand and apply scripture. Others are looking out for their own good. Some are neutral and deserve our attention and reflection as we filter them through the other parts of scripture and God's desire for our best. Another important piece is my theology of marriage. Marriage is not a right. Marriage is a sacred commitment and a privilege that should not be entered into lightly. It is hard. It doubles both your joys and your burdens. Companionship is an incredible gift, which helps explain why there is such a large push in our culture to redefine marriage. Marriage is two broken people choosing to bind their lives, souls, and bodies to go through life together. Marriage is give and take. It is full of dying to yourself. It is not for the faint of heart. Marriage is a place to wrestle with hard things, disagree, fight, make up, forgive, be broken, hurt, and heal. It is a safe place for couples as they go through both beautiful and difficult times. It is also the only place where children truly thrive. The more we learn about human development, the more we recognize the importance of engaged parents, the role of the father, and the models of both masculinity and femininity. It is where children first learn about leadership, cooperation, forgiveness, and grace. There are troubling teachings in some churches regarding headship and authority, submission, and the roles of a husband and wife in marriage. As I study scripture, I see no indication that the model of a husband dominating his wife to the point where she has no voice and must obey is what Jesus intends for marriage to look like. His example is one of putting his bride before himself. What is your theology of marriage? Write out the beliefs you have about marriage. What is your framework based on? Does your framework consider the totality of scripture, or are they cherry-picked to make you more comfortable? Can you teach this to your children confidently? Are you cynic, a cynic, a romantic? Are you grounded in the truth? What are some questions that come to mind as you think about your, your marriage? What has been your experience with marriage? What are your fears? What concerns do you have for your children's future? Write them down and prayerfully wrestle with them. Apply scripture to your situation. Again, be aware of the sexual ethic and respect for scripture that others have, have as you decide who to listen to for advice on marriage. Further questions can be found in the workbook. My belief system of leadership as a parent. Finally, let's discuss you as a parent. You may be doing this alone or with a partner. You may be in your first marriage, never married, or on a second or third marriage. Who are you as a parent? Are you strong? 
Are you tender? Can you do both? One of the beliefs I have come to hold after years of counseling practice and teaching is that most single parents, regardless of whether they are the mother or father, believe they must be both mom and dad in their children's lives. This is not true and can cause even more damage to their children. What I have come to believe is that what they need most from you is to be the best mom or dad that you can be. You are not and will never be the opposite gender. Stop pretending you can be all things to everyone. If you're a single mom, you need to get your children around a healthy male influence. If you're a single dad, you need to get your children around a healthy female influence. There's already an irreplaceable loss here. Acknowledge that loss and grieve over what that means. Be proactive and intentional to put positive influences in your children's lives. This is where the body of Christ can come alongside you if they know your needs. This is also true through the families with two parents. As men and women, we each fall short of who we should be in our children's lives. We need community. For some families, they put their kids in school, a sport, or an extracurricular activity and call it good. Influence is in place. Check. Do not do this blindly, though. What is the worldview of those running these activities? Are they leading your child well? I hear testimonies from students that there were key influencers, both for good and bad, in their developmental years. Outside of parents, coaches, youth pastors, and teachers are mentioned the most often. I want you, as a parent, to be proactive in building a band of influencers around your children when they are young. You choose them, not your child. Be deliberate and thoughtful. Interestingly, we have built this with our children via scouting with our sons and American Heritage Girls with our daughter. I am honored to be invited into the lives of other families and become an influence on other boys' lives. I often tell my sons that if they have a question or problem that they don't want to talk to me about, I hope they will go to one of the other dads in our scout group. I also tell them that they will sometimes find themselves jealous because I'm helping, correcting, and encouraging another boy. I want them to know that I am doing what I want other parents to do for them. At our summer campout, which was seven days long, I only spoke with my son about four times. I was present, but I kept my distance. I had several conversations with many of the other boys. I was also building relationships with the other dads, which is critical for my own health and well-being. I was there, though, when my son had a breakdown, but quickly removed myself again after calming him down so that he could figure out a solution on his own. We should want to raise up men and women that have the grit, strength, and security to march to a different drum. I want my children to know how to face adversity and not back down. I also want them to have the wisdom to look at potential conflicts and walk away. Will I, as a parent, be there for each one? Nope. But my teaching, training, and preparation will be, whether it was intentional or not. Each of our children walk into problems with the training we gave them. Let's lead with integrity, with strength, and with tenderness. You are not alone, but you are a leader. You are a parent, which is probably the most important calling on your life. Lead confidently. Lead with integrity. So, do you commit to living by a plan? Okay, that was a lot. Do you commit to leading with purpose? 
Do you commit to entering difficult conversations? For example, you must discuss with your daughter and prepare her for her period. Her menstrual cycle can begin when she is 10 or 11 years old. Don't let it surprise her and make her think she is dying. Prepare her. Your son will experience an erection and realize with, uh, what the trigger was, almost always feel embarrassment and shame. Prepare him. Micro-conversations are essential for this. Lead by staying ahead of your children. I am a resource to you if you are ever stuck. Do not hesitate to reach out to me, your pastor, or another Christian counselor. I hope you will lead by example. Be open to talking about things. Be honest about how hard it is. Carefully share your story of mistakes, heartaches, and pains. Be vulnerable. If you want your children to grow up uncommunicative, uninformed, or misinformed via the internet and peers, do not have any of these conversations I have labored to outline in this book. This is not easy as it takes a lot out of us. Remember that we have access to be the body of Christ. I have found that I have a unique passion, training, and expertise that allows me to partner with you and help you enter these hard places. Be an example to your children of what you want them to be. You are an example already, whether you want to be or not. So you should be intentional and thoughtful as you guide them. May you lead with assertiveness. When my son first asked about babies, we got a book out off the shelf on the subject and read it. He ran off and it appeared that it didn't register, but it did. A few months later, he asked a more pointed question and my wife passed the conversation off to me. I got the same book out and the sex part registered. Suddenly, he understood that the penis had to go inside the girl for the sperm and egg to, be, to meet. Gross was his response and five seconds later, he was playing with Legos and seemingly oblivious. He wasn't though, and neither are your children. They are always processing what they see and hear. A few more weeks passed, and our next few conversations, micro-conversations, went deeper fast. He showed me that he was ready, and we needed to talk about it. It was earlier than I expected to have these, this conversation. By giving this information to him, I was giving him a responsibility to steward the information wisely. Many parents fear that their child will take this information to school and share it with everyone. That is a valid concern. Part of the conversation should be training them to have discernment and to be careful where and with whom they discuss these things. But if we do not prepare them, they will learn it from the kid at school that learned it somewhere else and is probably full of misinformation. Go there. Lead. Prepare. Be gracious. Be patient. And remember micro-conversations, not lectures. May you lead with confidence. You can lead with confidence. What gives you confidence? Knowing what you believe and why you believe it. Should your 16-year-old start dating? What do you believe? You need to know. I'm here to help, along with a host of other leaders in this field that are called, trained, and living from a biblical sexual ethic. I met with a family recently about their son. I told them I would be glad to meet with their son and discuss some of these hard things things, as I already do with college-age students, but that I prefer to empower them to have these conversations themselves. They are on the front lines. They need tools and skills to have these conversations late at night and at times when a professional like me is not available to pop in and have a chat. You can do this. You never need to have all the answers. Teach your children that they will always be growing and learning. Be an example of a lifelong learner that seeks out answers and comes back to them with those answers. 
These are the life-saving micro-conversations that will change your children's futures. And may this change you as a parent and as a leader and bless you, your family, and your family tree. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Healthy Marriage Podcast. I hope these become valuable resources full of encouragement and challenges as you lead your family well and with confidence. Definitely not alone. Find out more about all that we do at HealingLives.com. I want to see your family and specifically your marriage thrive. Thank you to our sponsor, the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle. And to access my new best-selling book for parents, go to ICan'tSayThat.com to purchase and receive the audiobook for free. It's an honor to serve.